Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. In part one of this two-part series, I said this podcast could easily be worth a billion dollars. And I call it that because of all the tremendous success stories you've already heard and the ones still to come. I have been so lucky to speak with two of today's top tech innovators, the ones dreaming up the impossible inventions in the tech underworld. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And in this really great Commando On Demand podcast, we'll talk about how simple ideas over coffee turned into these really major advancements in technology. And also, we're going to talk about how timing plays this role in technology and how those naysayers from the past, you know, the ones who said that the iPhone was a joke, it would never work out, well, they're probably still licking their wounds. These are the type of topics I explore in our Commando On Demand podcast, which if you're not already getting each and every one delivered straight to your phone, your computer, your tablet automatically, you really should. It makes things a lot easier. Just head over to Apple iTunes and you want to click on subscribe or Google Play for your Android devices. Hit subscribe so that this way you get every single Commando On Demand podcast delivered to you automatically. So if you're out for a walk, you're driving around, wherever you may be, you always have something really great to listen to where you know you're going to learn at least a handful of things. Kim Commando is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. Delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes. Start today at HelloFresh.com slash Kim. You might remember Marcos Polanco. He's from New York. We actually met him in part one of the series of podcasts that we've done about visionaries. He's a household name in Silicon Valley, one of the current leaders in the development of interactive intelligence and a Stanford computer systems engineering graduate. Okay, he's super smart. We'll hear more from Marcos, but now I'd like to introduce you to Chris Hood. Chris is a digital strategist and a technology entrepreneur. He spent 20 years in online entertainment and marketing for television, film, music, and video games. At Fox Broadcasting, he actually transformed audience engagement for shows that you know, like Glee and Gotham, Sleepy Hollow, and of course, American Idol. He developed TV Everywhere products, and he built these brand new interactive media platforms. And brands loved them, such as Doritos, Reebok, and Monster.com. They've actually incorporated his work into their branding. Then we're talking about films, films you know, like Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, Wyatt Earp, and Superbad. These films utilized his marketing campaigns. And then, let me tell you, the kudos for Chris go on and on and on. And suffice to say, he's hit more than a few home runs in his life so far. The reality is, this stuff is hard. Yeah, occasionally we capture lightning in a bottle, of course. But the fact is, is that if we all knew exactly what was going to happen in the future, we'd all be filthy rich. It just doesn't work that way. Sure, we can see trends. We can predict. We can see where people are taking technology. But coming up with exciting, innovative, new technologies, new products that really do revolutionize the world are very hard to determine. I've been in software product development for over 25 years now, and I've seen things come and go. 
I remember one story where I was working at a retail place. It was my first job. This was back in the 80s. There was no internet. And one of our employees would constantly pull out a book off the shelf and read it. This book was like the yellow pages of IP addresses. He would sort through it on his breaks. He would come in before work and he would sort through it. And all we did every day was give him a hard time for reading that yellow page of IP addresses. Little did we know that the domain technology would come about and revolutionize those IP addresses. And if we would have just paid a little bit more attention to that back then, we probably would have been more on the forefront of domains. He clearly was. But in my years of experience, I've seen things happen that I can't explain. And I've been able to predict some things. Technology can be unpredictable. I get that. Nobody gets it right 100% of the time. We all heard the story of the first iPhone, of course. And what's funny is that now today, there are so many people out there that say, oh, I predicted that. I knew we were going to have a device that connected to the Internet, took pictures, played music, all in one small little package. Right. I know Apple came up with a computer called Lisa back in 1983. They were really excited about it. It was one of the first to use a graphic interface, but it just didn't fly. And there was another one, as I recall. As a matter of fact, Apple had something called the Apple Newton some years earlier, and it was just too early. And Steve Jobs actually killed that project. But by the time that the iPhone came out, the touchscreen was there, the internet was there, apps were there, and therefore all the things that were necessary for a new behavior to be supported were in place. Ah, the Newton. I do remember that. The technology definitely has to be there, but also the people have to be ready because they have to have this close relationship with the technology. Today, most people still don't like the idea of a phone or a chip implanted in their hand. 20 years ago, the general public probably wasn't ready to share so much time and intimacy, if you will, with a phone. I don't think we were ready for, say, that kind of relationship. But now for most of us, we don't make a move without our phones. It's our workout buddy. It's our connection to friends. It's our guide when we're lost. It's our doctor. It's our referral for a good restaurant. It's the thing that we turn to when we have just a few seconds and we're bored. Um, We share our entire life with our phones. I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone is looking for, whether it's a business creating a unique experience for their customers, whether it's customers looking to engage with a business in a unique way. Those are all about experiences. It's about connecting with things we're passionate about or connecting through devices that almost establish what our life is about. It's about connecting with friends and people and social media. And I love creating user experiences, unique, incredible, fun, and even innovative experiences. And this is what has me wondering, what is the next step? We're so spoiled now with all the possibilities on our phones. How in the world, as innovators, are you going to muster up the creativity that's needed to, say, push this whole thing forward and then combine those efforts with the engineering to make it happen? That's one of the more magical elements of what's going on today. Because in your hands, if you have a smartphone, you have an Android or or iPhone, you have a device that can become anything. One minute is a calendar, the next is a music player, then it becomes a television. And it has sensors, it has cameras, and it's connected to a billion or two billion other devices. 
So there comes the creativity. The mind can't imagine anything. And now you have a device that can become anything. So that's really where the opportunity is. When we as innovators can finally have a canvas in the form of the smartphone, in the form of software with which we can paint a new world. And all this that we've been talking about seems to culminate in something that's called interactive intelligence. It's what your latest research is based upon. Am I right? Correct. So today, artificial intelligence is all the rage. But let's take a step back. Let's see at the patterns of what's happened earlier in technology. The question really is not about artificial technology, but about the human element and how the human interacts with that AI in order to create something greater. And that's what interactive intelligence is all about. Interactive intelligence is about how we mix natural intelligence with artificial intelligence in order to create something new and different. That's where the magic is. I see a common thread in everything you say, and that's one thing, the importance of having a vision. And that vision, even if you don't have all the pieces in place yet, can overcome any negativity from those naysayers. But on the other hand, there's always the possibility that after 10 years of cooking, that cake may still fall flat. My friend Steve Blank likes to say that you may be having a vision, but it might be a hallucination. So the question is, how can we validate that the vision that we have for the future is actually well supported by the technologies that are just becoming available? And that's where the real innovators are made. Being committed to your vision, but also being very realistic about what is possible at the present time and what will be possible in the very near future. It's all about timing. One of the projects that I worked on back in the early 2000s was actually a music streaming service. It was designed to allow you to share your music playlist between multiple devices. Well, we tried to shop this around to several different companies, tried to get funding, tried to get music licensing, and every single one of those people said, no, people just want to be able to listen to their music on one device. Fast forward now 15 years and look at where we are. Consumer demand is, I want to be able to play my music on any device and not have to recreate my playlist or have to re-download music. I can access my music anywhere, anytime, any device. We knew that 15 years ago, but it took 15 years for the technology to catch up for that to become a reality. Commando on Demand is brought to you in part by our friends at Dreamstime, the world's largest stock photo and video community. The right image, anywhere, anytime. Download current images and videos today for only 20 cents each or for free. Visit Dreamstime.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-S-T-I-M-E. Dreamstime.com. So we're talking about some really important things. Timing, creativity, innovation, available technologies. And I'm really excited about this because we're starting to build a formula for success. And this is exactly what I promised you at the beginning of this podcast. And these guys are really delivering it all to you. So let's boil it down to a concept. The formula for innovation today. Innovation today, I believe, is about evolving ideas. We try something small. It works. 
we adjust. It doesn't work. We make other adjustments. We're more agile. We have agile development. We have agile marketing. We have to be quick and nimble. At my company, chdigital.com, when I sit down with clients, I ask them what their big ideas are. And then we create a roadmap to try to find a way to help them achieve those goals. Marcos, you said earlier that innovations work better when there's a good foundation or, say, a canvas to build upon. It's a big part of our formula. Now, you come from Puerto Rico, not exactly known for being the hub of technology. And we're going to spill the beans about Puerto Rico in a sec. It's not just a great place to, say, go to the beach and take a vacation. But how did a forward thinker like yourself find that innovator's canvas on an island like Puerto Rico? It really actually all starts with uh, my parents. They had the vision back in 1981 to buy my brother and I a computer. At the time, it was a Commodore VIC-20. And the Commodore has 3.5K of memory to work with. So that's not megs of memory or gigs of memory. It is K. It is 1 million times less than the amount of memory that we talk about every day. So for whatever reason, they saw that learning computing was going to be important. I don't know how they knew that, but they knew it. And they decided to make the investment, and I taught myself how to program and kind of rolled with it. And then later, I had the opportunity to come to California, come to Silicon Valley. So it was being in the right place at the right time. So you need to be at the right place at the right time and then share your idea. I know you're big on sharing ideas because, like you said, that's how things get done in Silicon Valley. Give us an example of something really huge, something that you're really proud of, that you made happen by sharing an idea. Well, I'll share an example of launching the aerospace industry in Puerto Rico. When I chat with people and many of your listeners, they might think Puerto Rico is a great place to go on vacation, not necessarily a great place for conducting engineering operations. But it turns out that in Puerto Rico, engineering is a prestigious profession. And for many years, U.S. defense contractors had been pulling away Puerto Rico's best talent, taking it to the United States. So there were a number of people already that understood the value of Puerto Rico's engineering talent. It just hadn't been advertised. So what we did is that we shared our idea with them, with those Puerto Ricans that were already embedded in the companies. And we told them, hey, instead of recruiting more engineers from Puerto Rico, why don't you bring your engineering center to Puerto Rico? And this was a new idea because Puerto Rico had always been marketed as a location for manufacturing and tax incentives. It had never been positioned as a location for world-class engineering talent. But that message resonated. And then six companies were able to launch in just a couple years. And we're talking about Honeywell Aerospace, Lockheed Martin, and other companies like it were able to launch in Puerto Rico based on sharing the idea, a new way of looking at it. I know some people are listening right now. They're thinking to themselves, I've got this really great idea. But they're afraid to share it with the wrong person, say somebody who might copy them. People only copy you once you've already succeeded. No one was copying Noah. Noah was building the ark out of the open. Everybody knew what he was doing, but he was seeing what other people couldn't see. Once the flood started, everyone wanted to copy Noah. But before, no one wants to do that. So don't worry about your ideas being copied. Worry about sharing your idea smartly. But in order to find those backers, in order to find the people that will want to join your team, the investors that are going to want to fund the startups and the customers 
that are going to buy your innovation, you've got to learn how to share your idea. So let's say I've put myself out on a limb. I've shared this great idea and my connections are all saying, no way, that's a lemon. It's never going to get off the ground. What were you smoking? What were you drinking? What then? Even if it's a simple user experience in a website, I'll still get people that say that can't be done. Well, it's one of those things where you just have to ignore it. From my years of experience, whether it's technology, product, web, even marketing, I've heard people tell me constantly, well, that's just too complicated or now that's not going to work. In the immortal words of Walt Disney, one of my all-time idols, if you can dream it, you can do it. I've always said that myself. If you can dream it, you can do it. We're talking about timing, creativity, available technology. Be at the right place at the right time and then share our formula for tech success. And if you study Chris and Marco's track record, you'll see that it works. I'm telling you, it really works. You guys have made this podcast worth about a billion dollars. So thank you for that. And now I want all of our tech hungry podcast listeners to get a taste of some high level challenges. Stuff that you just don't discuss with the average Joe or Jane. So let's close this podcast with a bang. Let's hear some of the biggest challenges you're facing today. I often do a lot of conversation on digital transformation. Digital transformation looks at the impact that technology is having on our society. It's about how technology is accelerating at a pace where businesses can't keep up with it. Or more so, it's about the expectations consumers have in terms of where technology should be as it relates to the businesses that they interact with. So if businesses are unable to keep up with that demand or those expectations, then those customers may go to somewhere else. But the problem is, it's not even that the business can keep up with it. We just don't know what's going to happen. And Marcos, what are you working on currently that you think will impact the future of technology? I'll put it to you this way. Electoral politics are just an information processing system. It's just a way in which we as a people identify who will lead us. Economics is just an information processing system. It's a way for us to identify what the prices for various products are. And so when I look at society today, when I look at economics and politics, I just see that our modern societies actually run in old technologies. What if we could reprogram both? That is the future where we turn our society into software and are able to reprogram our future. And that's part of the work that I'm doing at this time. So think about what bugs you about technology, things you wish you could change. Then just start writing down your ideas. Even if you don't have the means to make it happen, write it down, share it. You never know what's going to be possible in the future. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too late. Remember, Henry Ford was 45 when he invented the Model T. And a guy named Momo Fukuando invented instant ramen noodles. He was 48. Now, where would we be without him? Jack Cover invented the taser gun. He was 50. The inventor of the Dyson vacuum cleaner. Okay, he didn't hit it big until he was 39. Oh, but I love Thomas Edison. He kept inventing way into his older years. He received his last patent at 83. Physicist Sir William Crookes was 68 when he created the first devices to study radioactivity. A Polish countess helped to develop surgical techniques for breast cancer by operating, get this, on herself at age 63. 
Steve Jobs was turning 52 when he introduced the iPhone. And my friend, David Friend, one of the co-founders of Carbonite.com, super successful company, he's 67, and he just invented and started a company called Wasabi. It's a company that's set to really give Amazon S3 servers a run for their money. And I asked David, I mean, how did you come up with this special algorithm for Wasabi? And he explained at the age of 67, he can't invent Snapchat, but he can invent functional things. So my advice, keep plugging away. Here at the Commando Broadcast Center, we do an incredible amount of research each and every week. We turn that research into articles, podcasts, a national radio show. We reach altogether about 20 million impressions every single month. And I do this not to just keep you informed and up to date, but I really want to inspire you to be the best and to do the best. So to stay inspired, listen to the shows, get our newsletters, subscribe to these podcasts. And then when you invent something super cool, you can sing this song. I was right and you were wrong. I'm going to sing the I was right song. I was right and you were wrong. I'm going to sing the I was right song. I was right and you were wrong. I'm going to sing the I was right song. I was right and you were wrong. Now, I know you found this podcast informative and useful and fun and entertaining and all those great buzzwords. So I need you to do me a favor. Head over to iTunes or Google Play and give it a five-star rating. And don't forget, just take a few moments and write a terrific review because this helps more people find our podcast. And that's what it's all about. We want to find more listeners. And hey, by the way, if you haven't already, make sure that you get the commando.com app. It's available for free on iTunes. And for all your Android devices, you can find it on Google Play or your favorite podcast player, because not only can you get this podcast delivered automatically, but also our other wildly, insanely popular podcast called Tech News This Week. Thanks to Simply Safe, protecting your family is simple. Get 10% off at simplysafechem.com. That's simplysafechem.com.